Namaste. The title of this talk is Hindu Temple as an as a social institution. In other talks, we saw that how a Hindu temple is primarily a spiritual institution, which it is. But it is also a social institution because had it only been a spiritual institution, then it would have been confined to a few individuals. But the fact that in various parts of India, where there were the least number of invasions for the least amount of time, we actually saw the development of the Hindu temple as a huge, huge institution. We can see that it is also a social institution and not just a spiritual institution. First of all, socially speaking, the temple is a center of learning. And before we go on and use these words social and spiritual, we should understand that in Hindu tradition, in Sanatan tradition, there is no boundary which separates the two. There is simply the preponderance of one element in one kind of uh, uh, institution or in another kind of institution. So, when I say social, that does not exclude the spiritual, but also includes it. So, the first, uh, first thing about a temple is that it is a center of learning. We now have in modern times universities and schools and colleges. But most of the learning that was done for a long period of time in India was done in and around the temple. So the temple was a center of a great center of learning. This was not just true about the esoteric knowledge or the knowledge which, uh, uh, which was concerned with the Vedas only or uh, the sacred text or the most, uh, you can say the primary text of uh, Sanatanda. This was not just con confined to this but also to other uh, various sorts of learning. Even today, when you go to, a very, uh, go to various temples all across India, where the institution is very much functional, where the temple is not just uh, uh, a structure, where the temple is also a living institution, you can actually see uh, the real learning which is taking place at various uh, places in the temple. When I went to the Chidambaram temple, if you still go, you can see the uh, Brahmins there studying various uh, uh, different branches of knowledge, of Indic knowledge traditions. Uh, most of the Agraharas that existed uh, around a great temple or even within a great temple. <coughs> even today, even where there is no formal Agraharas, there are a lot of scholars who live temporarily or permanently in uh, and around the temple. Around a great temple, let's say the Chidambaram Nataraja temple, <coughs> you can see there are many houses where many near the temple where great scholars live. So, the temple was a great center of, of learning, of learning of various kinds. It uh, actually functioned in Indic knowledge traditions as a sort of university, which was decentralized and universal at the same time. This is a very difficult feat to achieve, but Sanatan Dharma has achieved it again and again to make things universal and yet decentralized. Because uh, the modern way to make anything universal is to enforce it from above. But uh, in most things, but uh, Sanatan Dham through with uh, the help of uh, the temple as an institution, temple as an institution of learning, made learning decentralized and also universal. Because there was no village which, which was without a temple, no town which was without a single temple. And uh, none of these temples uh, were so that they were just structures and that no learning used to take place there. So the temple was a great center of learning. The temple was also a socio-economic entity. How? Even today, if you go to various temples, I did a study on a mat in Kolhapur, Sri Kar Siddheshwar mat. 
and there are a lot of activities which go on at any given time in the temple. A temple has many rituals, a temple has many routines, a temple is an, as, a, as an institution, it has many dependents on it. And so a lot of different activities keep taking uh, place uh, at any given day, uh, on any time during the year. These people who offer these rituals, for example, in a living institution, the deity, uh, if it is a Shiv temple, there is a regular Abhishek of the temple. If it's a Vishnu temple, there is a regular Shingar of the uh, main Vigraha and also of the other deities which are present in the temple. In these rituals, a lot of uh, material is used, a lot of uh, different articles are used. In most of the traditional temples, until uh, the British came, most of the sources that were used, most of the material that was used, it was actually grown by people who were dependent upon the temple, who were living in or inside or near the temple. And so, some would offer ghee and other uh, milk products, some would offer the clothes, some would offer the uh, vegetables, some would offer the grains that uh, went into making of the prasadams, some would uh, actually sew the clothes. Uh, some would offer various different uh, activities, even as a small activities as making the padukas of the deity and all the subsidiary uh, deities, the Utsav Murtis of the deity. So, there were hundreds of different activities. They are listed in the Agamas that how a complete temple, how many rituals should take place in a complete temple. And all of these people, all of these uh, sevas were offered by a family. Individuals were uh, rarely considered in this, entire families were considered. So, one family would offer flowers to the deity and that family would actually become dependent on <coughs> the temple. Uh, their livelihood will be dependent on the temple. Their families will uh, be given a place uh, uh, on the land of the matha, on the land of the temple. They will till the land around it. They will grow their own food and they will offer some uh, to the temple. And they can live in perpetuity there, their uh, descendants can live on the same land until um, forever. They just cannot sell the land to anyone. But otherwise they can uh, make their entire livelihood by being dependent on the temple. So at any given time, agriculture was going on. Some would uh, grow vegetables, some would grow grains. And then uh, all other kinds of socio-economic activities would also go on. Even now, when the system is largely destroyed by the uh, neglect of the state, apathy of the state, mostly the secular state that uh, came in effect after independence, even when it is largely undergone, you can see that in and around the temple, a lot of needs of the devotees, of the dependents of the temple, there are a lot of shops which wouldn't be there, which wouldn't exist at all if the temple would not be there. And as we saw in the case of uh, Sri Rangam temple, that the temple is so huge, there are seven Gopurams, seven Prakara, that there are banks inside, entire shops inside the temple, within the confines of the temple. Entire shops, entire houses, entire institutions within the same uh, temple. So, uh, that a temple incorporated all of these activities, socio-economic activities inside the temple. The temple was of course a great center of arts. In order to create a temple, in order to build a temple, two, three arts are central to it. The most important being the architecture of course. The architects were involved, whose livelihood was of course dependent upon the temple. Then great uh, sculptors were also involved. 
there is no temple in which there aren't hundreds and hundreds of sculpture of different vigrahas, different beautiful vigrahas of very different deities, very many deities. And so the sculptors are there and they didn't just come there to sculpt or create a vigraha. Entire workshops were conducted within the temples because it is an, an art which cannot just be learned by uh, in just a workshop which is uh, separated or divorced from the actual site of a temple. So most of the workshops even uh, today when you uh, those who want to become sculptors, uh, great sculptors, they actually have to go to these sites, go to these great temples to learn how, uh, what is the ultimate place of the sacred vigraha. So uh, the sculptors were dependent upon the temple. Then in any temple, any living institution if you go to at any given time, <coughs> A certain musical uh, feat is taking place, a certain musical uh, event is taking place and music is not alone, dance always almost accompanies it. So there is singing, there is dancing, there is uh, uh, enchantation of sacred mantras, a lot of different activities, different artistic activities are going on at the same time in a temple. A temple is also a place for beautiful paintings, a lot of uh, our temples still sport and exported historically lot of most beautiful paintings uh, even a temple as old as the Thanjavur Bradishwar temple it, it had a great set of uh, paintings which now most of all are gone but still you can see the glory of those paintings which were created 1000 years ago on the wall the rules are the same of Hindu iconography so the rules which go into making of a painting also go into the making of a sculpture a 3d vigraha and so iconography is another science, another learning, uh, another craft or art which uh, uh, has temple at its center. All of these, uh, temple was a center for all of these different uh, arts and fine arts. And they went along in one rhythm with often mirroring symbolism in different fields. So the uh, cosmic, the image of the cosmic seed, image of the beach. It actually permeates painting, sculpture, architecture everywhere. The holistic way of teaching not just different branches of philosophy and science but also of arts, they were because uh, they existed because there were institutions in Sanatan Dharma which could actually teach all of them in a holistic manner with a language of symbolism which actually crossed boundaries and was universal. A temple was of course a great center of literature, some of the greatest compositions in the history of uh, Sanatan Dharma, they, they have been created in one or other uh, sacred Tirtha, uh, even uh, many dramas, many classical plays in Sanskrit have been created in and around the great temples like the great temples of Ujjain. So it was of course a great center of learning, great center of uh, uh, different uh, branches of art and great center of literature. But it was interestingly very much also a great center of social welfare. Now social welfare, when the state does it, because the state does it with a purpose, with a different purpose, it becomes sterile, it becomes uh, at first it looks good, but then there is no individual warmth in it, there is no emotion in it. And so after, after some time it actually destroys the institutions, the social institutions that are in place to actually carry on those activities. But when the temple does it, it does it with the spiritual goal in sight. And so the institutions which are necessary to keep dharma afloat, 
to keep this a dharmic society a society like sanatana dharma afloat when a temple does it when a spiritual institution does it it doesn't destroy these uh, intermediate institutions so a temple is still functions as a social welfare institution and any great temple if you go not just the great tirupati temple or many temples in maharashtra even very small temples when you go to the, uh, go there you can see that they are running some kind of hospital some kind of uh, hostels for those who do not have any place to live who are studying there uh, there are some schools some colleges ayurvedic center modern uh, hospitals so they at any given time run a lot of these uh, centers of course every temple has an annashetram which is in which anyone can eat anyone can have his um, uh, have food any time without any questions asked without any money without any uh, compulsory service in <coughs> in return so the food is always almost always distributed in all the temples all across india but along with that there are a lot of social welfare activities like we just discussed uh, discussed which also take place in and around the temple logically developing on temple as a social welfare system it is also a social security system social security system means that in times of great emergencies in times of like great floods and famines temples actually come out and they <coughs> empty their coffers to help everyone who is in need so they become the institutions which are not when even when the state collapses or even when the state is not very strong the temple becomes a primary institution to come to the help of the uh, those who really are poor or who are in need so it also doubles up as a social security institution and the feature of temple which most surprised me when i started studying the hindu temple was that it also functioned as a legal sort of legal aid clinic when i went to the veer narayan temple in belawadi chikmagalur in karnataka uh, when i was visiting the chief uh, priest there is a good friend of mine uh, shri prashant bharadwaj and when i was there actually some people came in one of the temples and they were discussing for a long time for more than half an hour i asked him what uh, they came for and he said that they came because uh, there was some legal dispute in the village and uh, so i so i asked that uh, then why did they come here they should go to courts or they should go to the state the judiciary the institutions of the state then they replied no most of the disputes that take place here most of the uh, small disputes uh, people actually solve them in front of the dt here they come to the narsimha temple they sit in front of the dt and it is believed that anyone uh, the, no one can lie in front of the dt and uh, the priest along with the local community they sit there they solve the problem together because everyone from there so there is no uh, no one can actually run away to a far away place and do something bad and then run away to a far away place and they actually use the temple as a legal aid clinic and most of the uh, most of the cases which would go to courts and drag on for years which are very small cases uh, cases very small disputes they actually never go to the courts and everyone has saved a lot of trouble so this uh, this show, showed me that even in its dilapidated condition temple as an institution is actually a such a myriad socio economic entity and also a legal entity a center of learning a center of arts a center of literature a center of even law that to ignore it and actually invest all the energies of societies and state into institutions which are imposed from the west is uh, to invite disaster 
and do nothing more in my opinion and some of this has actually happened uh, temple as an institution has been destroyed due to foreign islamic invasions in the medieval ages and in modern times with the apathy of the british and then the neglect of the secular state uh, uh, in modern times one act actually destroyed temple as a living institution <coughs> uh, i am forgetting the particular uh, title of the act but it was uh, related to tenancy and that act uh, actually dictated that whoever is living on a particular piece of land for a certain period of time let's say for 10 or 20 uh, 10 or 20 years or 30 years or so that land actually legally belongs to his he can get the legal title of his and so the families which were living on the temple lands which were actually temple lands which temple had given to other these families to till in return of a seva which would connect uh, a beautiful ecosystem in which everyone was in a way dependent on the temple and the temple could redistribute the wealth of the society which came from kings and businessmen who donated at the temple and redistributed uh, among the people who were actually needful of that and to keep an ecosystem alive to not just uh, distribute uh, wealth for free uh, every time because that creates a um, social welfare society which uh, a very dead society which is now in the modern west which has now been created in the modern west in which no one wants to do anything and uh, there is lethargy everywhere there is despondence depression everywhere but temple actually uh, uh, manages to turn this uh, social welfare activity into a very meaningful spiritual activity in which everyone is dependent on the state their livelihoods are taken care of they have no uh, tension of no uh, worry of uh, uh, that where will they live or what will they eat and in return they are actually involved in a very sacred very spiritual activity and it created a beautiful beautiful ecosystem which functioned on many many levels on many dimensions with that single act of a secular government in a secular state it destroyed temple as a living institution overnight those lands uh, those temple lands which were actually temple lands they were actually awarded to people who now had no obligation to serve to the temples because many of these uh, uh, lands were in prime real estate areas so many of this at first nobody sold the lands but then gradually uh, land mafia came and they started uh, offering crazy money to these people and a lot of these people sold these lands as a result temple as uh, as an ecosystem was destroyed now you can see at various great places various great temples in india if you go there you can see that a modern building or a housing complex rises just beh- uh, behind the beautiful temple and there is no sacred space anymore the temples are just like wells because on all sides there are great buildings it has happened in bhuvneshwar and happened in many other places across india so a single act of misunderstanding single act of secular state which by definition refuses to understand the sacred spiritual institutions of india temple as a living institution uh, was destroyed this is why uh, this in a way was the death of the hindu temple the death didn't just happen when the islamic invaders came the death also happened uh, because the sacred and spiritual institutions of the country of this uh, sacred land were not only forgotten but the state became actively hostile towards them and this beautiful tree this beautiful institution it was destroyed i hope that in future uh, temples become free from Uh, state intervention they are allowed to manage their own affairs uh, 
themselves as various great scholars much more competent uh, than me who are fighting for this and I hope that really happens because temple became a center of Hindu society and a lot of Hindu institutions, a lot of uh, branches of study, literature, arts became dependent upon it with a spiritual touch, with this touch of dharma and without temple uh, all of these branches like um, uh, lost children they go uh, their own way without any spiritual connection to other disciplines without any spiritual connection or any real connection to their own culture civilization and history and so temple as a sacred institution is destroyed i hope that this is corrected I hope that uh, temple again becomes a living institution and those temples which are living institutions, they are preserved for our posterity. Thank you.